Hi everybody and welcome to episode 60. I'm Brian Holland here with the plugs for this week. Just want to quickly mention our Patreon account. Uh, We have been doing the winning agenda for over a year now and uh, we want to expand our content to other things such as uh, YouTube and to create more diverse and interactive tournaments here in Australia and hopefully overseas as well at some point. To those of you who are already supporting us, you're some of our favourite people. So if you have a few extra shekels to throw our way, that'd be really fantastic. There are a few different tier rewards involved. You'll be able to talk with us directly via a a unique Winning Agenda Patreon Facebook account. You can get feedback on your deck lists. You can even play with us over Jinteki.net and get us to test your deck lists as well. So if you got some loot and you feel like supporting us in a very small but meaningful way, we'd really appreciate it. And you can can jump onto patreon.com slash the winning agenda enjoy this week's episode see you soon good evening and welcome to episode 60 of the winning agenda tonight our panelists include 2015 regional champion and 2015 australian nationals top eight competitor wolfie horrig uh hi what's up 2014 Australian National Champion and 2014 World's Top 16 Competitor Jesse Marshall. My God, I'm tired, Brian. <laughs> and, and two-time World's Champion Dan Darginio. How are you, dude? What's up, guys? So uh, we spoke last week on your deck choices and things like that. And um, Hollis Echo uh, remotely has uh, forwarded another question for us, which I want to get straight into. He asks, what changes would you like to see FFG make for the card pool slash competitive scene? So um, this is something we, obviously, we talk about quite a lot. Should we take that as... Two questions? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do it. So, first of all, what what changes would you like to see FFG make for the competitive scene? Okay, so there's already a big change that's coming that I've been anticipating and happy about that they're doing for a long time, which is rotation. I think rotation is the way to go. Mm. So, um, the question now, I think, is just what what changes will rotation make? Like, will they reprint core set? So, are we actually going to be stuck with the same exact core set, or are we going to get a new core set? And then, are they going to reprint stuff? Like, are there going to be direct reprints? Those are the two questions I have. I hope that we get a new core set, and I hope that it's full of reprints. So that way, the cards that, basically, we can use rotation, they can use rotation as a way of keeping the cards we like in the game forever, and getting rid of the cards that are problems. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a slightly different thought process on that, Dan. I definitely see what you're getting at there. But my whole thing is, um, if they, they say Jackson Howard rotates out, and they print a card which is similar to Jackson Howard, but different, um, what, what it then opens up for, and this is entirely separately, but it opens up potential for like a legacy format, which is a like where everything is like the power level comes up again, because then you have two cards, which are like, say if Eli rotates out and they replace it with something similar, you've got two copies of that similar card, which obviously the game was never meant to have. And you could open up some really cool, like powerful, like side, side going, like legacy formats there, which I think would be really cool. And that would be cool. But, uh, but I totally understand the, um, like the, the want of keeping the, the cards that everyone likes to play with in the game. But yeah. I mean, like, I don't think we need to keep all the cards that are important. Like, like oh, for, of course not. Like cards like Brain Trust. Like maybe, yeah, maybe we want Shinteki to have another three two agenda. Do we need it to be Brain Trust? No, that card is boring as fuck. It's a blank three two agenda with the worst ability in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are there are cards in the core set like the experiential datas of the world that we can replace with some of the more interesting cards from the first couple of cycles that we do want to have around. R- I right, think like Jackson each- is. Like Ichi one point or Ichi two point Oh wait, that is yeah. Ichi, is Ichi that's 2.0 it. It's in creation and control, so, um, we'll so that's have that around forever. Yeah. Thank God, thank God, we'll still go the five Ichi's deck. That's right. Yeah, all of these. Watch out, 2018, five Ichis wins again. Yeah, bring all but your it, clicks, kids. Yeah, it's a great opportunity, and now that the game, I, I think in the first cycle, Lucas has admitted that 
they were conservative with power level, which I think was absolutely the right approach. Um, but now what they can do is that some of those fundamental cards that they needed to get into the game as quickly as possible, but the, they did keep the power level down a bit, they can look at putting those effects back into the game in a slightly different way that may be more powerful or just may be more interesting. Things like interfaces, you know, everything from the first couple of cycles. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a big opportunity. So this is, I think going to be Damon's major test. Like, can can he make the game better with rotation? Yeah, and it's basically unexplored territory at this point, right? Like, not none of the other... As far as I can tell, none of the other FFG games have had a similar thing where they've implemented rotation... Where, where they've previously been designed to be not rotating and then have... then had to transition to design to be rotating. Like, we've already seen similar things to that. Like, what you're getting at, Wolfie, like uh, Vanilla is obviously very similar to Paperwall, but Vanilla will be in the format when Paperwall rotates out. Right. Right, and so it does seem strange that, like, they... Like, from what we know now, it would seem strange for them to just have cards locked in in the core set or the big boxes just because they happen to be printed in those and not, like, the set that came two months before or two months after. And so I think it would seem natural for them to update and tweak those expansions as required yeah um the big boxes are i think a little bit more difficult thing like do you really want to reprint the big boxes i mean reprinting the core set that seems straightforward it seems like you get a lot done with that there's bigger than the big box and then on top of it like if you reprint the core you can maybe improve the experience of new players getting into the game yeah yeah Um, yeah because like as everybody who started the game knows uh, playing corset, like Cold you open suck. the box, you open the box, and like yeah, no, Netrunner as a corset is a great game. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, um, like you know they tell you to play Jinteki versus Shaper and Jinteki, the Jinteki corset deck is complete garbage. You can't do anything with it. Like yeah, and lots of people listen to that and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this game? I can't. I, I, yeah. all I have is these priority requisitions in my hand. I can't spoil them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I install Advance on Vance. I'm naked. I pawn it random because who cares if it's a Jumba? I'm gonna win if it's a Pyrex. They don't care if it's a Jumba. You know. Yeah, like starting the game, I only played those. Like the only games I played before I went to a tournament and like borrowed someone else's a- actual uh, competitive decks was uh, the core set. You know, just no deck building, just the neutral and green right. cards versus the neutral and red cards, and it, it, it was just such a different experience. And that if I was actually new to the whole thing that I don't think I could have reconciled those two things. So yeah, it's a great opportunity. And they've already done it with uh, X-Wing. I think they've released a new core set for that and Game of Thrones. So there's oh, really? Well, Game there. of Thrones is a completely new edition. So but they did uh, the print new like core sets with different cards in the past. Right. No, they didn't do that. Did they not? Not for Game of Thrones. No, oh, okay. For, for Game of Thrones... For X-Wing, they, though, they did, right? For Game of Thrones, they actually just changed it. Game, Game of Thrones, they... What they just did was they just basically rotated everything out of the game and they updated it with 2.0. Now 2.0 is the only thing in the game, which is not what's going to happen in Netrunner. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I think that's much better. Right, I think you know? I think the beginning of Netrunner was much better designed than the beginning of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. We can forgive is. FFG there because it was like their first attempt at exactly. CCG model. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I don't. didn't they like buy the rights to it? Did they not even They did. It? it was a CCG beforehand. They right. took it and there was like a weird clunky period where like CCG cards were also legal in that format if you had them even though they hadn't been printed yet and stuff so it was really weird that's weird but uh, yeah it's good um, yeah so look we're really excited and without like speculating too deep the only thing I hope they don't do is like take this opportunity to fix cards in, in a way like um, we, we know that Lucas has publicly said that uh, if he had his time again he would uh, print Desperado as a six cost I kind of hope they don't do things like that 
have they just stick to their guns and like own the quote unquote mistakes that they've made and just maybe go with a different direction? No, I disagree one hundred percent. You disagree? Oh, yeah. Do you think they should make those? They should make Astro a four for two. I think they should make it limit one per deck. Okay, yeah. I think Astro's the only card I would like to actually see the text on, but I think they should tweak influence values on a lot of cards. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the cards that were problematic at the start of the game are less problematic now because too, there's more yeah. diversity in the yeah, game. Like, Desperado's not as good. Life in, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, Even the Breakers. Life, yeah, because everybody was too... Everybody, nobody knew how to play around it. That was really the problem. You didn't have enough options either as the corp. Like, yeah, there weren't right. enough things that you could use to... You didn't, you didn't make raise. enough money to come back from it if you did get siphoned. No. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think a lot of that's changed now. But yeah, I think, I think like, every Anna card should just be, like, plus one influence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, data, data, data Sucker, Parasite. Also, I wouldn't even mind if they didn't reprint Data Sucker or Parasite or either. Mm, they just have to give, like, they just get, take things in different directions. Yeah, right? another, so, another one that I wouldn't mind if they didn't reprint is HVETF. No, HB H, engineering the future. It is right. completely busted. It makes it makes playing every other HBID sound so bad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, except Nothing's... for except for CI, which is my favorite ID. Yep. Something has to be pretty special to be better than engineering the future. Yeah. It has to be CI. It has to be CI. If you can't if you get like if you get win in one turn off a of fifty card hand, it's not better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean in terms of like. The competitive scene, like, I don't mind FFG doing what they've been doing. Um, what I would really like to see FFG do um, is, um, I know you guys, like, uh, which one of you guys wrote that article about, about competitive play, and then somebody wrote a response about how competitive yeah, play... Yeah, that yeah. was me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, one thing that the guy who wrote the response brought up, and for what it's worth, I think that guy made a lot of bad points. And I think he was wrong on a lot of things. But I think one thing that he was actually right about is that FFG doesn't do enough to cater to casual players in terms of events. And personally, I feel like store like game night kits and store championships or basically game night kit tournaments. Game night kit tournaments are sort of lame. I mean, we'll play in them. It'll be fun. Like, but we're we're like even the competitive players. If we feel like we're gonna build a bring a janky deck, and yeah, we're exactly still right. and we're still probably gonna stomp a bunch of people into the ground with our jank and win the tournament like we did, you know, the last month or whatever. And it sort of it sort of gets lame. I wouldn't mind seeing FFG. What I would like to see FFG do is like to see them move away from game night kits in favor of some sort of league where you're encouraged to do more interesting things rather than just bring your best decks to play Netrunner and try and beat everybody. Um, like the Achievement League type things? Yeah, some, some, the some, community run. you know, there's a million different ways to do it, but something along those lines where just like tryharding isn't the most rewarded thing. How would the, how, how does the Game Night kit help that though? I mean, like there are already people who run leagues with the existing Game Night kits. It's just sort of a, a pool of prizes. It's not a tournament structure. Well, they, they do come with an insert saying here's how to run a tournament. Or exactly. Something. That's, so, that's all they I need to do is they need yeah. to change the insert from saying this is a tournament kit to this is a league kit and this is how you run your league and then having enough prizes for the league. Or whatever. I mean, it doesn't need to be a league. The point is, is they need to put energy into figuring out what casual players want to see and giving them that. Rather than giving, rather than giving, you know, us like like competitive players a tournament that we don't care about <laughs> every three months or whatever. Um, anyway, so I'd like to see them do that, and then I'd like to see them get behind us with the ANRPC. Which, by the yeah, way, by, by the way, this is maybe like the first public announcement of this, but. We are going to change the name of the ANR Pro Circuit to the ANR Player Circuit. Um, okay. Yeah, Based I mean, on like feedback. Um. Well, well, I think there's like it's a twofold reason. 
first off, the the whole pro circuit thing it makes it sound exclusive, um, mm. and we don't want it to feel exclusive. We want it to feel like it's open to everybody. Um, it's not about it's not about being pro and being better than everybody else necessarily. It's about you know having more netrunner tournaments. That's all we really yeah. want to be doing. Um, and then on top, and then the other thing is is like. Like, how are our tournaments more professional in any way than Fantasy Flight Games? They're not really. They're very similar to Fantasy Flight Games tournaments. Um, the main difference is that we have invitational tournaments, whereas Fantasy Flight does not. But the, but the invitational is only a, a, a portion of what, what the ANRP is. Right, yeah, yeah. We run plenty, the next, plenty the of second tier, yeah. Yeah, we run lots of non-invitational tournaments as well. The vast majority of them are non-invitational. Um, but um, we wanted to change it to the player circuit because we felt like it... I don't know. It says more about what it actually is. It's a player-run circuit rather than a fantasy flight or store-run circuit of tournaments. Um, so we just thought it was, at the same time, more palatable to casual players and more accurate. That's great. That seems reasonable. So anyway, I would like to see. I would like to see FFG um, do more to support casual players to make sure that we still get new netrunner players coming in. That that they're not overwhelmed by like you know, by, like, a flood of, like, powerful decks that they've never seen before when they don't even have the full card pool yet. We want those players to have a place to go where they can, like, you know, training grounds, get better, get excited about the game, win win a little bit without necessarily having everything. Um, you know, just to, just to keep the game growing from, from the bottom-up sort of deal. Um, and at the same time... We, we'd like to see some official support from FFG for the ANRBC. We'd like to see them make an announcement about us. So that way, you know, we're, we're in some, some capacity of officially associated with the game. Yeah, that would be really cool. I and I think yeah. that uh, dovetails into the question that FFG is going to have to face at some point is, is Netrunner as a competitive game able to have a separate tournament existence in terms of FFG support to their other games? Like, is it going to get big enough that they can say, okay, we run Worlds for all our games, you know, we, we run all our games in a similar way, but can we try and take Netrunner to the next level? And things like the NFPC, maybe running Worlds somewhere else other than in Roseville, Minnesota, you know, all those things, or running another major We're tournament. Running a different weekend. Like, I think I think there's yeah, there's pretty much no way I think that they're ever gonna move Worlds away from their location because they dropped a bunch of money on it and like yeah, they're, they're never gonna move away from Roseville, Minnesota. But I think, or could like, they have another tournament? You know, like, could they have something? Oh, else? Maybe, that's that's a possibility. Yeah. I would like to see I would like to see us run another tournament and for them to say this is official. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I would really like to see. And then um, what what I what I've heard rumors that they're trying to split off Star Wars games into their own weekend. Yeah, I've okay. heard that as well. Like, yeah, that yeah. makes somewhere on the internet. I think I think that makes probably the most amount of sense, especially now that they've got X Wing, Armada, and Imperial Assault, which are all miniatures game, which takes up an ass load of table space. Yeah, and and also the card game as well, so you can make you can get a whole lot of different people into something like that. Exactly. Star Wars fans love uh, dedicated things to only Star Wars. So. Right. Uh, sorry, where were we in the, the question? We got. Uh... Uh, we were just talking about um, FFG actually supporting yeah, and PC like and yeah, taking um, tournament play to the next level. Yeah. Did you Did you have any other ideas on like how you guys are going to go about that kind of thing, Jan? Or is that not the type of thing you want to talk about because you're still figuring that out internally? Um, I wish, I wish I had talked to more people at Worlds about this sort of thing. If I had not top 16, I was planning on, you know, like getting into contact with Steve Horvath and like talking with Ian and Birdsall and stuff like that about, you know, plans and seeing if we could like get something going. Um, 
but I was busy the whole time, so I didn't really. Get yeah, to... you should have just you should have dropped, dude. It should have just dropped, right? Should have dropped, yeah, for the greater good. Yeah, but um, that's all right. Well, you can. It's, uh, it's you're going to be yeah. back in touch with them when you're designing your cards, so you can. Oh, speaking of which, well, yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mean, we, I'm going to be now, in touch. Now that you're designing another card, are, you gonna, are we going to get the uh, the corp version of the command? Is that what we're going to get? No, but 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 first of all, they're separate people. I'm talking to David about designing the card. He's the designer. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not a yeah. organized play. So if I wanted to get the ANRPC thing going, I wouldn't be talking to David about it. No, that's true. I, I just imagine you like you know picking up the phone to FFG. And they're all there crowding around. You know just. Yeah, yeah, no, big yeah, audience. No, no. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's, it's, it's more like an email conversation where I try and buff my card and Damon tries to nerf it. Yeah. So I know that Damon actually is. He doesn't want to reprint Jackson Howard. Um, he wants okay. to let Jackson Howard rotate, and I think this is understandable, but a very, very bad idea. Very dangerous. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I think it's understandable that you don't want to reprint Jackson Howard because he's in literally every deck, and that seems like poor design, right? But at the same time, Jackson Howard is, first of all, one of the most skill-intensive cards in the game, and second yep. of all, reduces variance by a lot. So these are two extremely good reasons to keep Jackson Howard in the game. He's a and I think he's one of the best design cards in the game. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. He does so many things. He, he protects against degenerate strategies like Data Leak Reversal. Um, yeah. Basically, like I think if you're gonna not reprint Jax, I, I don't know. So so anyway, you guys are probably gonna say, what What are you thinking about for your card from this year? Well, what I wanted yeah. to do was <laughs> I was gonna ask Damon. So you still don't want to re- reprint Jackson Howard? He's gonna say no, and say, okay, well here's my card, Jackson Howard in Wayland. <laughs> Yay! Direct, yeah. direct yeah. I like that my, idea. That's my first submission. Direct reprint Jackson Howard in Wayland. Would it still? I think that's a fantastic influence? idea, Dan. Yeah. What? Yeah, still one influence. Exactly the same card. Exactly the same card, but he's yeah. a different person. Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of like designing cards. I like, I like winning card games instead, um, yeah. and I like playing games that are good. And if Jackson Howard rotates, <laughs> that's bad. Um, and well, I, sh- I, I assume that they know all that kind of stuff, right? So if they wanted to re- like rotate Jackson Howard, I assume they have some sort of backup plan for something new. So I, th- I think the the one argument that we hear most often about people who don't like Jackson Howard is the fact that he's not neutral. So they sure. may print some sort of neutral way of doing that, but even even if uh, well, Damon Jackson says does go away. Damon says the reason. He, Damon says the reason he doesn't like Jackson isn't that he's NBA; it's because he's in every deck. So, if uh, he, that, so that means that if Damon wants to solve the Jackson problem in his own way, he's going to need to print Jackson Howard's for every faction or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, well, then and you could make them all for influence, sure or just yeah. or just make them worse. But if he makes them too yeah. worse, then they're not Jackson Howard because you don't they're not good enough. Yeah. Right, the I whole mean, what's the, what's element of Jackson Howard comes from both its ubiquity and its power. Like, those two things are intertwined, so... Like, I mean, I think we've already seen a card spoil that is supposed to be, like, sort of, like, a replacement for Jackson Howard in, in some small way. It's, like, a 0-5 asset or something, like, 0-cost-5 trash, and whenever the runner accesses it, you can put any number of cards from HQ on the bottom of your deck. Like, that card is not Jackson Howard. That card does no. something. No. You know, Daily Business Show is not Jackson Howard. These cards are fine, but... Yeah. Jackson Howard's the, proactive. Right, that exactly. new one that was in uh, Data and Destiny. She's two. Shannon Claire. Yeah. Shannon Claire. Yeah. Yeah. Like you these put cards, a card from HQ are, on the bottom. It's not yeah, good I'm, enough. I'm, yeah. Like I'm sorry, Damien. These cards don't cut the mustard. They're not Jackson Howard. They're not nearly as skill intensive, and they're not. And even with even if Jackson Howard were to rotate, and these were all that we had, we'd still probably wouldn't play these cards because they're just simply not powerful enough. 
Yeah, yeah, and like that's the other thing is like Jack, Jackson is so versatile. There's no like it's not it's never dead in any matchup. Exactly, like, the fact that Jackson is zero to rest, three to trash, means that you know he's, he's good when you're ahead. He's good when you're behind. Right, just, right. Yeah, when you the yeah. fact that you can draw two cards for one click means that you know you can play him and then draw two cards and immediately you're broken even. You know. Yeah. Like you could. It's it's instead of clicking for two cards, you're broken even. You click, played him. You know. There's just so many good things about Jackson Howard. And maybe and maybe Damon will say to me, look, I don't want to make a reprint exactly of Jackson Howard, but if I do work on some sort of Waylon Jackson Howard and he tells me it can't be an exact reprint, I'm going to do everything I can to make it powerful enough to really compete with Jackson Howard. I was thinking maybe something like um, where you pay a dollar, like, like, I don't know, where you can pay it instead of the... Oh, yeah, pay, pay a dollar to put a card from to put a face-down card from Archives on the bottom of R&D, or put a card from Archives on the bottom of R&D, and then when he leaves play, you have to shuffle your deck. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. There's just something very similar. I just want Jackson yeah. not to go away. And your reasoning for putting it in Wayland being is that the, the that Wayland sucks. Yeah, exactly. That Wayland sucks. Yeah, so, so, so Lucas actually came up to me. He's like, Dan, I have run one request for your card. Make it help Wayland. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. You should maybe help yeah, Wayland. Look at the... Lucas needed someone else's help to do that. If, if I if I'm if I'm forced to come off the Jackson Howard idea entirely, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and design a card that helps Wayland score agendas because that is excellent. Yes, that is the upgrade. Yeah, yeah that is the biggest hole. I think the twins, the twins, was probably the biggest missed opportunity in Aaron's design thus far. Yep. Yeah, I was saying to Jesse that I want a card that's like you know. Uh, uh, like baddie that fires the subroutines of a barrier or whatever protecting a server, or like makes them reencounter. That's a that's real exciting. Firing subroutines of barriers. Wow. Which one do you? Which one do you want? Do two net damage or end the run? <laughs> well, you know, what I mean, like maybe it could yeah. make them reencounter or, or, or whatever. Yeah. But that's like that's what twins does. But you have to. But it asks way more of you, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you have to have like one a, in like it. Like saying, like a baddie yeah. style effect. Sure. Like where you can trash it to do the same thing like I think Keegan Lane's a good card I, don't know, I think I'll, when we, think we talked about, about is it old Hollywood grid could have been a Wayland card I mean quite good was that the one we talked about Jesse? Oh yeah, yeah it turned out it's too expensive at 5 yeah. to rise but something like that well yeah. I mean the nice thing about being in Wayland is that you can actually get away with things being too expensive because you just return them to your hand and gain your money back yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah. which is another problem in itself right I, I don't know I love Blue Sun I, I'm not I'm not going to call that a problem yet we actually took we actually took our core Wayland deck to King of Servers. Yeah, I had a guy. Yeah, it went three. It went three two. It's a pretty funny deck. Let me. Uh, um, it's it's a power. I think I combo. saw the list. Yeah, you yeah. Saw, it's, it's a power With shutdown combo. Hollywood deck. renovation. Yeah, can either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it scores seven points in one turn as Wayland. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. You you you. What you do is like you you do power shutdown shenanigans, and eventually you play biotic labor a lot of times, and you end up with Hollywood or Hollywood renovation and vanity project on the table, and then you just <laughs> advance vanity or advance Hollywood renovation and vanity project at the same time until you win. Didn't someone talk about they wanted to do that? Like, didn't we? Someone come on out. No, that was that was Jesse who said, "If I do that once in my life, I'll be happy." Yeah. He used those exact words, yeah. Okay, so Jesse's just taken off. Um, so Dan, about the King of Service tournament, uh, we're really keen to hear about that. We've run a few team TWA team tournaments uh, here in Australia, so I'd love to hear how yours went and how'd you find the format. Phenomenal. It was awesome, and thanks guys for coming up with it. It was so much fun. I just had a question. I had a few questions for you guys before I went into it. All right, so when you guys were in your team tournament, did your team sit, to- did your team sit together? Uh, okay, uh, so we, yeah, we had the team sit uh, ABC... 
like amen. Actually, we did it inconsistently, but whatever. I'll just say that. Uh, we, yeah, we had our team members elect A, B, and C, and then A plays against A, B plays against B, C plays against C, and you sit in three adjacent um, tables. Yeah. So the, the idea is that so you're sitting uh, next to your teammates, so that throughout the games you can sort of talk to one another and um, like ask for advice from each other, you know, and you can talk about like should I mulligan this or what's my play here and things right. like that. And to yeah, really we did we did exactly. Team. We did exactly the same thing, except for instead of electing seats, A, B, C... Well, we also, first of all, had four players on a team rather than three. Oh, okay, sure. Um, second, um, instead of having the teams just put their players in, a, in, a, in an arbitrary seating arrangement, what we did was we had it so that way everybody tracked their prestige throughout the tournament, personal prestige. Um, the team prestige was equal to the sum of everybody in the team's prestige, but your individual prestige is what determined where you sat. So the person, so the team, like, so if our team had a player that was like, you know, six and zero, and your team had a player that was like five and one, and that was your best player, we would play each other. Oh, that's uh, that, cool. That, that's actually yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, that might be probably a better idea. We might jack I that. Think so too. Yeah, yeah. It actually makes it it makes it makes it easier for if you want to like run a team tournament and like let's say I want to bring my friend who's yeah, like not as competitive as me yeah. on my team. Yeah, you know, there's less chance that he's going to get matched up against you know like like Jens Eriksson and have to play the world champion because yeah, yeah. That, that guy was winning and you have to be in seat D or whatever. Yeah, he's in the wrong yeah, state. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people I think uh, were happy about that that they got that's to. Good. Yeah, got, we, you know, more fair matchups. We still did the same thing for, um, uh, like, the team's prestige. It was the sum of everyone's prestige, but I think that is a really good way to balance it. Like, I know I played with uh, two of my friends who have only really played with the core set, and I built them decks, and I was just like, sweet, this is going to be fun because I'm going to be yeah. able to sit in the middle and I'll be able to coach you guys, and they had a fun time. But, yeah, it would have been good if I was like, oh, sorry, you're playing against so-and-so who's like, he, he won, like, two regionals last year or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, so that was good. And how did you guys go for, um, like, did you have any buys? No, there were no buys. Okay, that worked out well. We had a we, buy well, we in the last one, well, so that was well, we had exactly we we had exactly thirty two teams. We, we we filled up the event like we yeah, were at, we were that's at the capacity. Dream. Yeah, but yeah, it was a really 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 fun event. I mean, we gave away a lot of really cool promos. Spags, Scott Scott Pags, he's he's the one that ran the event. He did an amazing job. We had so many promos. We had Altar Jackson Howards. Oh, we, we had, saw those. I think they were, we they had, were cool. We had um. We had uh, acrylic Nirathab identities that we just had made. Um, ne- next in the series after the wooden RPs. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen. Yeah, those we just did that. I, I saw someone. Uh, someone did broke some... it in half. Yeah, that was the only. Oh one. yeah, that was that was Ahmed Abazi who broke it in half. Don't worry, I gave him another copy. Okay. <laughs> did he? What did he break it in half on purpose, or it was just? No, no, no. It was an accident. They don't. They don't actually break in half that easily, and I'm not sure how he did it, but I think it has some. It has something to do with the inconsistency of the quality of, of wood in general, just because you know it's a living thing. You can't yeah, yeah. make it. It's not like plastic where you get the exact same thing every time yeah, you yeah. make it. So maybe it was like a little thinner down the middle or something. I'm not sure. Or like there was like a crack in the wood grain. If you ever wanted to learn about wood, you can do it on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the wooding agenda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you win the, the team wood. tournament, Dan? No, I didn't win the team tournament. It was so close. It was so close. You, you was played so some. Close. Did, is it, did you say you played some hardcore jank? Well, not quite. You played no, the world no, deck, I, right? I, I played it. No, I personally played exactly the same decks I played in Worlds, except for oh, I okay. cut. Except for I cut an IQ for a Turing. But yeah, since we had to play, we had to represent every faction on our team, right? Yeah. So, so of the four corps, somebody's got to play Wayland. Um, that was Aaron Andres, who's the president of the ANRPC. He's the one that played the the shutdown Wayland deck, and it was it was Niall Stanley, um, two top sixteen worlds last year. It was his his deck idea. 
So uh, that was that was your uh, deck building restriction, was it? That every like every faction had to be repped in your crap. team. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. We we had um, the last one we did was uh, uh, no 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 one could have multiple copies of this. No, no team could have multiple copies of the same ID. But what what Wolfie really wants to do, and I'm behind him on it, if we can figure it out, is a unified constructed team event. Wolfie, do you want to just explain what that is? Do I uh, like I don't know? I've kind of cooled a little bit. Have you really? Oh, okay. Just, don't just want to because talk about of it. complexity, but I want to run a tournament. Of, you know, I want the tournament to be run where uh, the three members of the team have to stack their deck lists on top of each other, and those that combined deck list has to be illegal in illegal. itself. Like, isn't you kind of more than three copies of one card across all three deck lists? Yeah. Yes. Wait, that, that doesn't make sense because of identities, but I'm uh, yeah. sure you understand what I mean. That like. You know, you can't play three Shore Gamble in one deck and three Shore Gamble in another deck. You have to either find a deck that legitimately doesn't want Shore Gamble or find some way to split your Shore Gambles across the decks that do want them, which I think is interesting. It'll make it interesting. The idea is it makes for some interesting deck building opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhat interesting. The fact that Jackson Howard, I think, is in every Corp deck makes that a little less appealing. Like, maybe yeah, I suppose like, so, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe you have to break the rules and let everybody play Jackson Howard. And at that point, at that point, like, what are you really, are you really making things that much more interesting? Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. that's true. Like, like, I know that, like, I played Unified Constructed and Magic before, and sometimes, <laughs> don't, depending don't, on... Don't the, say the M word, don't say the M word. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, guys, I don't want to be like that, but that's sometimes when you play Unified Constructed, it feels like you're basically just being pigeonholed into exactly, like, three three out of four competitive decks that don't have overlap, and sometimes you play Unified Constructed and it feels very, very cool. Like, yeah. like, like there are, like, you know, maybe there's, like, a few cards that you might have wanted to share that you have to make a tough decision about, but, like, you have a lot of options. Um, and, and it really, it really depends on just the cards that are legal and the decks that are good. Um, you can play exactly that format, it can be fun, or you can play exactly that format and everybody's going to bring the same exact three decks. It, it, you know, so it's difficult to say. I definitely want to incubate it for a little while and we'll uh, keep everyone updated. Yeah, we need to yeah. exchange notes, I think. Uh, we and Any- bags. Anyway, so you asked how I, how we did in the tournament. I played with with Joe Shot, Paranoid, um, Aaron Aldreas, and Jesse Vandover. Um, we ended up third. We our tournament was actually five rounds cut to top two, and we ended up third. So we just missed the cut by by one prestige point. And we were sitting there, and the the, Brit, the Brits and the New Yorkers were playing at table one, um, and we needed the uh, the Brits to beat New Yorkers one more game because the New Yorkers were, were in second place. We needed to beat them to beat one more game. They had three games going. They lost all three of them. I was like, no. no. <laughs> and, and the last one was super dramatic because it was the legwork on the last turn of time. And if he hits a snare, he loses. And if he hits the agenda, he and wins. he wins. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All round good in that run. Yeah, so, so we were, we were, we were one, one four, at, four, at a, 40, four out of ten for making the cap 40%. Yeah. Uh, we missed, it. but it was close. It was a really fun tournament. Everybody had a great time. Yeah, that's oh, really good. And, Team uh, oh, but, great. oh, the other thing that we made uh, for participation prize that Spags made was, was chrome dice, metal dice. Ooh, sweet. With the with the ANRPC logo on the one. Is Spags making all the wood stuff and the acrylics? Is he just living like a blacksmithery or something like that? Um, well, he's the, well. I mean, it's there's there's a Facebook chat that's me, Spags, and a graphic designer. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah. a blacksmith I mean, apparently. No, 
And I'm like, no, no, what we have, we have a, no, no, what we do is we talk about it. I say, this is my idea. This is, this is my idea for an identity. I want, you know, I want RP with, on wood with like a, with a bonsai tree with the reflection or whatever. And graphic designer guy, you know, puts together the thing. And me and Spags look at it and we're like, yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe just change this one thing. He says this new one. And we're like, yep, this is perfect. And then Spags sends the design off to China and some Chinese people make it for us. Yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. <laughs> Wonderful. Capitalism. Uh, so we are on, uh, sort of the tail end of our two-part world's recap with with yourself dan so do you have any final thoughts like uh, on like the world's experience uh was there anything that you uh, like on oh, i don't want to say that you would have done differently you still won the won the event but like how'd the event go just like in general any final thoughts on the on the weekend and uh i just can't wait for next year it's always such a great time like yeah yeah it's everybody everybody i think everybody had a really amazing time um, as we did the year before, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just one of the best things that happens all year. I just can't wait for it to come back. No, no, reg- no regrets. FFG, FFG, by the way, did a fantastic job running that tournament better than yeah. last year by, by, by a pretty wide margin. There was, there was, there was only, there was, there was like maybe like one ruling fiasco that was pretty funny. Lucas, Lucas actually ruled that you couldn't put quantum predictor model on a film critic when you had tags, like it didn't work like that. And they just got their quantum predictor model. And then everybody who was around flipped out and was like, Lucas, you ruled differently a month ago. And everybody <laughs> pulled up Lucas's Twitter account to prove Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was more funny, more funny than anything else. I uh, only one other question for you: Am I going to meet you at Gen Con when I go to play US Nats next year? Oh, you're going to play US Nats? Yeah, I'm definitely going to Gen Con this year. I regret not going. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I keep having to win worlds without a buy, and it's not fair. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, come on, you have to work. You work for it. You get the moral victory. I mean, look what Lucas 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 Lee, the US national champion, was the only person on. Uh, on uh, eleven, eleven and five to top sixteen. Yeah, he, yes. he, his, and oh my god, his tiebreakers were absurd. He played like literally everybody in the top sixteen in Swiss. <laughs> That's great. We we split it. We split a game and we split we split a match in round three. It was really phenomenal. I had so many great games at Worlds, like really really tight games with world class players. Joshua won. Lucas Lee, um, Yoshi. Uh, I didn't play. I played Dave Island. Wait, did I play Dave Island? I don't think I did. I don't think I did at all. Yeah, no, I don't think we ever did. No, it's just a shame. It's a shame. I mean, he's so lucky. What a lucker with that Leela deck. You guys, you guys haven't seen how lucky he was to get to where he did in the top sixteen. Once Team Covenant comes out with those videos, you're gonna be like, how the hell did Dave win these games? In the first, in the first game, he played Leela versus RP, which is just an awful matchup for Leela. And and Noah with RP just drew a thousand agendas, and he got a rematch of that exact matchup. And then Noah got to four points with an easy counter when he was on yeah, zero. And he, he managed did, he to win. He won a couple. Of he games won like he, he yeah. won like four out of five side games to win the game. Yeah, the side <laughs> champion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on, Dan. We really appreciate it. We we have to um, like we we don't want to be like the uh, the weird uncle who's like, oh, we have to see you again this year, like sooner rather than you know, like, oh, if we get time, you know, whatever. But uh, in all honesty, we do we do have to get you on more often to talk about stuff. Hundred uh, uh, yeah. percent. Uh, if our yeah. listeners, for whatever reason, are not familiar with you, where can they find you online? Um, so you can find me at Stimhack. I'm Mediocore on Stimhack. M E D I O H X C O R E. Um, if you want to email me about anything, you can email dargenio.dan at gmail.com or you can just uh, do what most people do and just friend me on Facebook and then send me a Facebook message. I'm totally cool with that. 
whatever you need. If you want to talk about the starting up an ARBC event, if you want to just um, be like, hey, Dan, what do I play at the next tournament? I'll, I'll give you, I'll be happy to give you answers to any of those questions. <laughs> Uh, and if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at winningagenda at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Winning Agenda, and you can check out our Facebook page, The Winning Agenda. Until next week, uh, thanks again so much, Dan, for coming on. We hope to see you again soon. And uh, I, any I'm final sure thoughts? I'm sure you will. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, thanks, for having, thanks for having me on. Feeling good. Getting, get, get, tell me to get well soon, and I'll be will, my way. Will. Well, get, get well soon. Recover from your Timmy Wong disease, which you still have. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the voracious Timmy Wong called the tear the tour worlds apart <laughs> yeah. we'll be uh, talking about it for years to come we will yeah. the, sc- the scourge of 20 timmy wong is timmy wong is Tim- timmy patient zero wong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay guys uh, thanks so much for listening we'll see you next monday as always see you guys goodbye bye get a whole lot of different people into something like that exactly Star Wars fans love uh, dedicated things to only Star Wars so. right yeah. do they isn't that a can of worms that I don't know if we want any rabid Star Wars fans like messaging us well, I, I'm not going to take that from somebody who doesn't ever know that Twi'leks come from Ryloth so we're going to move on <laughs> I was the one who wanted to move on as well <laughs> <laughs>